What's up, guys? Welcome to Get Rich or Get Drunk Trying, the podcast that helps aspiring bosses go from nine to fives to seven-figure CEOs. I am your host, Asia Abstin, former bartender turned serial entrepreneur and coach to over 2,000 students. And I am on a mission to help you manifest your dream life, 10X your salary, and step into every room like you own the place. Each week, my guest and I will cover everything money, business, and mindset related to push you to be your absolute best self. You will also be getting financial literacy tips, game-changing perspectives, and passive income plays to impact your confidence and your bottom line. You'll learn how to work smarter, not harder, stop sleeping on your own potential, and climb the success ladder cocktail in hand. Are you ready? Let's get it. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Get Rich or Get Drunk Trying podcast. Today, we are going to have us a good time because the Aaron on demand is in the building with us. Is it white soon to be winters or winters formerly white? What is it? I know you're getting married. I am married. I've been married. Oh, mission accomplished. Yes. Yeah, so we got married in 2020. And so it has been so much fun. But I am, I publicly go by Aaron Winters White. So, okay. Yes. It's a two piece. But I'm Aaron, Aaron White officially. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good news is your husband was smart enough where he had your initials already. So you didn't have to change the EW. I know. It was convenient. When I was younger, I always said I wanted to marry someone who was like higher in the alphabet. And my last name was W-I and his was W-H. So I guess I moved up by the second letter, one letter. <laughs> you see, you got to be more specific with Jesus. You got to explain it in further detail. <laughs> exactly. All is well. So. That is so cute. I love it. Well, guys, Aaron On Demand is basically the boss babe of YouTube. You are killing it on the platform, but for anybody who does not know you, give us a little intro. Tell the Get Rich or Get Drunk Trying crew who Aaron On Demand is. Yeah, it's so funny because before Aaron On Demand, it was just, you know, me, Aaron, and I was really trying to break my way into TV media, and that is what I got my degree in, broadcast journalism, and so... I went to Howard University, and after I graduated, I was like, you know, I just want to, I I knew I wanted to change course. I didn't want to go down traditional news media. Like, I didn't want to be a local news reporter, and everyone's like, you're going to have to go to some tiny market in Arkansas, and then you're going to have to move your way up. And I was like, ooh, child, mm -mm, that is not for me. Well, who has the time? Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? I want to break into the online space. And I knew that that was the route that everything was going in. And so I was like, you know what? I feel like I can have just as big of an impact doing that. So I ended up finding this job out of college. It was a contest that I had to apply for called the Young and Free Michigan Spoke Zeros for a Michigan Credit Union. But basically it was like my dream job. And I was, it was like, I got to do speaking engagements, run their social media. Basically, they wanted like a young face to attract young people to sign up at the credit union. But it gave me a really good taste of like what digital marketing was. And then I basically had a a very similar job to that at National Geographic called their digital correspondent. 
And I ended up pretty much doing the exact same thing, like trying to help them get a new, fresh audience to their platform. And then after that, I was like, okay, I'm sick of all these contracts. Like I'm about to, I'm about to do something more stable, such as be an entrepreneur. Like, uh, yeah, that made a lot of sense. Right. That made so much sense. That's how, you know, we don't know what we're doing when we're like, oh, I'll be more stable and own a business. (laughs) But I really, I was trying to find a job and I just couldn't find one. Like, and so it really boiled down to like, okay, well, I'm not just going to sit here aimlessly. Like I need to actually do something. So that's when I started Aaron On Demand as a video production company. And then it has kind of transitioned into what it is now, which is more of a marketing company. I teach other entrepreneurs how to market their businesses and I help businesses market themselves. And so it's just been really cool to kind of see how my college and corporate experience has all built up to where I am now. And it's just been so much fun to see everything unfold in a way that I really, you know, I kind of came in with, with expectations. I had high standards and I knew that I could do the work, but I really didn't know what to expect out of that. So, you know, it's just been cool to see everything unfold. What a beautiful journey. And, and to collide into people like you, you know? So, well, you know, I do, I do a little something. I do a little something. <laughs> I, I make it my business to stay abreast of the black girls doing the things. Like I go and actively seek out who are the sisters doing the things? Who can I look up to? Who can I learn from? Who, um, I really just believe in social media. I believe that the people that you follow should be strategic and that you should be following people who uplift you, who encourage you, even though, you know, we didn't know each other directly. I was inspired by your story. So I really go out of my way to do that. It's beautiful to watch it unfold, like you said. And what I want the Get Rich crew to hear is that Erin couldn't find a job. So Erin made a job. She made a business. So, you know, so many people out there have every excuse in the book. You know, it's the panini. It's we in the panorama. And, you know, Trump left this, that, and the third. And what my mama said. And I hear that. We We hear you. But the excuses have got to stop. And when you can't find a way, make a way. So I think that's a really important takeaway for the women out there listening. Like, we're not taking excuses into 2022. No, we're not. Period. No, we're leaving that behind. And shout out to National Geographic. Like, who works with these? We're going to talk about your brand deals. But like, as far as name dropping (laughs) goes, baby, you got the name dropping like check. It was a competition that I was I was competing against over 600 other people who were like, like well-known news anchors and reporters and pilot, like um, photographers and videographers. And like, I, that was like the first time I actually experienced imposter syndrome. Cause I'm like, how the heck did I get this job? Like, did they get the name right? Are y'all sure? Yeah, I'm like, wait a minute. So yeah, it was just crazy. It was a 10 month contract and I pretty much traveled and did stories for them and, you know, it was really cool that they really believed in me so early on in my journey. And yeah, it kind of just at that point, I'm like, okay, when I was transitioning out of that contract, I'm like, I must have something, you know, like there is something there. And if they believe it, if the company before that believed it, if my people around me believe it, like I have to be the one to actually believe it. And that's when I think that that moment, like the light bulb, that's when the light switch went off. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. I love that. Another good takeaway for the people. If you guys have a job, I want you to raise your hand wherever you are. If you have a job, raise your hand. 
Now, if your hand is up, that means that you are a skilled worker. That means that somebody is literally paying you to do a thing. So don't think that you're not talented. Don't think that you're, you know, not good at something. Take a minute, list every task that you do at work and see which one of those you can monetize on your own into your own thing. Somebody believes in you enough to pay you a salary to do a job. Don't sleep on yourself. Okay, so we got to talk YouTube. We have got to talk YouTube. Yes. You are at over 300,000 subscribers. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you get such a large following so quickly? You did 100,000 YouTube subscribers in under a year. How was that even a thing? Yeah, it was, I saw a hole and I filled it. Like that's kind of the short story. So when I was in that transition of trying to figure out, okay, I'm going to start my own business. I don't really know how to do that. And I was looking on YouTube and I'm like seeing all these amazing entrepreneurs and I'm like, okay, well, none of them look like me. And also like, not only don't they look like me or talk like me or act like me or nothing like me, like they're also all the way there, you know, they're there now. And I just felt like there wasn't anyone who I could really relate to um, in a sense that like I had to move back home with my parents. Like I had to make a lot of sacrifices in order to start Aaron on Demand and to just get on my feet. And I didn't see that perspective. And so I was like, you know what, like, let me just let me just try. I was feeling so much like I didn't really have anything to show and that like my experience at Net Geo, I'm like, man, like that was so adventurous and like, you know, all of this stuff. And then now I am back at my parents' home and I'm like, where's the story? You know? And I had to realize, Aaron, like that is the story. You know, like once I realized that that was the story, that's when I picked up my camera. And that's when I was like, you know what? I am embracing this phase that I'm in. And I know that there are so many other young black girls who are going through this exact same phase right now. And it wasn't about me like trying to position myself as an expert or trying to like say that I'm ahead of the game or like I was really just sharing as I was learning in that phase. So I would like my first videos, I was talking about how much I saved before I quit. Like, you know, I was making my vision board. I, you know, then I started vlogging and kind of sharing more of my day-to-day stuff. And like people were really interested. I was very like, almost caught off guard of of how much the outpour of support was and how many, you know, messages of young women were saying like, oh my gosh, like I've been waiting for someone like you to, to show me that, you know, where I am is fine. Like I just need to start. And so that really is how I grew is just by kind of just being me and like starting a community that felt genuine to where I was. And from then, like, I've just kind of had that same energy with everything. Like, I never try to make my platform seem like it's above, you know, or that I'm unreachable or anything like that because, you know, I'm still me. And so, yeah, so I think I grew just from that. And then also, like, just strategically, there were certain things that I didn't even realize that I was doing. Like, I posted my vision board video. My first one was, like, the one that made, like, that kind of took, that gave my channel some momentum. So, like, I posted that video probably early December. I think it was before Christmas. And it was the perfect timing because like a lot of the bigger YouTubers who had vision board, who would post vision board content, posted it after Christmas or 
like at the top of the year. And because mine was on there earlier, like if people were searching that before those larger YouTubers who had that, you know, fan base. You popped up first. Like because mine were there, it was populating first. So I was getting a lot of traffic from that video. And then those people were pouring into the rest of my channel and like binging the content that I did have. So I always recommend to people like if you are new, like really try to stay ahead of the curve. If you're going to talk about Christmas and decorations for Christmas, like start in October, start in September, because like even though it seems crazy, like when people are taking all day and waiting till December to show their, their Christmas house tour, it's too late. It's too late. So those were little things that I didn't even realize. I, I, I didn't go in with like a YouTube strategy. I was just like, I was just posting what felt right to me. And I knew that I, I was, I was creating for someone like me. So that was my target audience was like, this is me that I'm, tr I wish I knew this stuff, you know? So, so yeah, I mean, I think that there are certain strategies that you can implement to grow faster, but the biggest thing is just consistency is just. And being authentic, it seems like. Being authentic, exactly. And just not trying to emulate other people. You see, I didn't want to sound like Sunny. I didn't want to sound like, all the other, you know, whole bunch of men talking list off. You wanted to sound like Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to sound like me. So, yeah. Mm, I think that's super important because what I'm getting from that and what I deal with a lot with a lot of my students who are scared to create content is they want everything to be perfect. They want it to be polished. They want it to look done. They want to be in this, you know, uh, multimedia studio with every light and every setup and every and a boom guy and all, all the things. But your audience is not in that situation because you ain't in that situation. So why are we getting on the internet pretending like we've got a full cinematographer when it's just you and your iPhone? Get busy. Like that's what social media is about. The social aspect, the, the relatability, the human authenticity and you bringing that into your channel and just starting where you were is what triggered this chain reaction of your growth. So I think that's a really important message for people out there. Like stop thinking that you have to wait until it's done and it's perfect. And I like to say this, if when you launch, if you look back at your launch, right, maybe a year or two years back, if you're not embarrassed by what that was, then you waited too late. You're supposed to look back on it and be like, Lord, have mercy. Girl, because I literally just posted a clip from my first attempt at vlogging. I saw it. I saw it. The camera was so shaky. <laughs> I just wanted people to see, like, it doesn't matter how good you think you... And that was after I had already gone to school for that. I, but vlogging is a whole different type of content than me having a full crew, like how I did before. So it's like... It doesn't matter. Like you need to be able, like if I look back on my content from today in five years, it's going to look like, girl, what are you doing? Crazy. Yep. You know? And so it's always room for improvement. And that's why I just tell people like, do what you can. If, if getting gear is slowing you down because you don't know what the heck to do with that camera, you don't know how to work the mics. I don't know how to do any of the stuff that that that's for anyway. You might as well use what you have, master it with that, and then graduate to the next thing that works for you. And that's how, you know, it's, it's not a rush. I've been using the analogy of like, when you, if you heard a pianist playing 
and they're just playing, re- don't don't got to read no music. They can listen to something and and they can hear the sound and then they can play it. Like if you want to learn how to play piano, you have to learn middle C first. Like that's the first key that you learn on the keyboard. And no master has skipped and bypassed learning middle C. Like you have to know that these are all parts of the step. You got to learn Mary Had a Little Lamb before you learn how to play Beethoven or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So I think people just get, they, they see the end result and then they feel like it's too far off and they either don't do it or they try to get to that point before they actually start. And that's, you're missing the whole sweet part of the journey, which is- You definitely are. Actual action, you know? Yep. We have to learn to walk before we run and before we fly. I could not agree more. YouTube is very scary to me. Okay. I am not a YouTube. Really? Why? Baby. No, ma'am. I, nope. No, I am. Whew, child. I, well, I'm saying this to say that I am actually starting a channel, terrifyingly doing it anyway. Um, So that was even more of the reason why I wanted to chat with you today. You partially inspired me to go ahead and get started. But just thinking about YouTube makes me want to have a drink. Uh, So it's the perfect timing for the get... Yeah, you feel me? It's the perfect timing for the get drunk cocktail of the day. What does Erin sip on when she's celebrating... When a YouTube video goes platinum, when you launch something new, what is, what is the beverage of the week, babe? Oh my gosh, that's a tough one. My husband is really good at making cocktails. He loves Ooh. to like light stuff on fire and just- see. That's why you married him. Exactly. That's how you get chose, fellas. Yes. Yes. Okay. I don't know if this would be like my necessarily my celebratory drink, but my go-to drink. Okay, hit me with a go-to. Like, what do they drink in Detroit? Usually when I'm celebrating, you know, like, um, I love sidecars or I know I'm kind of basic for Moscow mules, but like, I love sidecars. Yes. Particularly how Cameron's husband makes them. But it's just a simple drink. I tend to go for like simple, a little bit, like kind of balanced, like sweet mm-hmm. but tart. Like, I don't like it overly sweet or like. I love a sidecar. We're in the same boat. Get, put Hennessy in mind, y'all. Yes, girls. Exactly. Me too. <laughs> so yeah, that would be like my go-to drink. I'm I'm I like champagne for celebratory, but I just can't drink too much because if I drink champagne and then have a cocktail, I have an instant headache. So I'm like one of those girls who has to choose. Like, what kind of day am I having? One or the other. We drinking brown. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. A sidecar. What's yours? Well, all of them. <laughs> all of the beverages. All of the beverages. I bartended for a decade. So. Really? Yes, ma'am. I love all the things. That's why this is the name of the show. Get rich or get drunk trying. I love asking bartenders. Like, I love sitting at the bar so I can talk to the bartender. And I always ask, like, what's your favorite drink? And most of them are like, I just like meat scotch. Or like, I just like, like it's like the simplest. We're very fancy. I know. You know what? It's because we've had to make all the shenanigans for so long. I know. That we literally just want a tequila neat. And out the door. Like, I love a Casa Dragones neat when I'm really just feeling away. Just give me a tequila and get me out of here. But I do love a sidecar. Guys, I will link a sidecar recipe in the show notes because Erin's a classy babe, honey. So she's putting you on to the classy 
cocktail vibes. I got another question for you. Why do you think, or do you think, I think you will, but why do you think it's worth it to get into YouTube even now when there's just so many channels and so much competition? I think it's worth it. Uh, It's definitely not too late. So I get that question all the time. Is it too late to start a channel? No, because it's never going to be too late. The internet is just going to keep growing. Everything's just going to keep growing. So you just need to get in now because to me, if I started maybe today, I'd be like, and knowing what I have now because I started three years ago, like, to me, that's too late. Like I should have started when I intended to, you know, so Mm -hmm. three years before that. Exactly. So, you know, I think too late is just, if you felt the need to start and you still haven't, it's too late. Like it's, it's not too late, but you need to get to it. So to me, I think that it's just going to keep trending forward upward I mm-hmm. don't I'm the type who is like okay just don't put all your eggs in one basket though like I like that you have a podcast now you're opening up to YouTube like if you're gonna do YouTube that's fine but I, I will also be real and say everybody's channel is not gonna just blow up pop correct you know what I'm saying so you also have to go in like doing what you can enjoying it having fun and like kind of letting the, the the road take you where it will kind of thing. And I think that goes for all social media, you know, put the work in, but just kind of see what, see what happens. The reason why I think YouTube channels are so powerful though, is because of the search engine and it's, it's different than pretty much any other type of content. And it's like, I have videos from a year and a half ago that are just popping off or get a whole bunch of traffic, like a burst of traffic or something. Out of nowhere. Yeah. And then it's like my video ends up, you know, popping off in a trend for some reason or whatever. So, you know, with YouTube, that type, you have the more possibilities because your content is living on the platform is just more evergreen. It has such a long lifespan. Unlike Instagram, unlike TikTok, unlike Twitter, unlike a lot of other, you know. And that's why I'm begrudgingly joining the crew because that that lifespan is so good. It's so good. Like even just from advertising, like, you know, you can make thousands of dollars depending on how much traffic you make, you get on your channel just from YouTube ads or Google AdSense. And then sponsorships always pay more for YouTube because it's, it's evergreen content. They realize that. You know, the lifespan is longer. The The time that it cr- takes to create it is longer as well. But, you know, sponsors pay way more for YouTube content than I have ever gotten paid for like Instagram posts or Instagram stories. Um, so, you know, I think. That oh, that's a major key. It is. It is. So I hope y'all wrote that down. <laughs> <laughs> the money is there. Mm. And I think that, you know, aside from that, it's just. When I look back, I think that having the archive of YouTube is just so cool to be able to look back on where I was at one point in my life. And I can really, it's like a video journal almost. And I think that that part is almost more valuable because like once I have kids and grandkids one day, hopefully like they can see like the steps that I actually took to get to where our family will one day be. So it's the legacy for me, y'all. It's the YouTube generational legacy. I love that. I'm trying to tell you. I'm glad you're getting on. It's a great platform. I love that. 
Oh, child, let keep me lifted in prayer. Y'all keep me lifted. Keep just keep me, just keep me covered. <laughs> why? Okay, I have a question. Why? Why do you have reservations about YouTube? You know, like because I don't want to be popular. <laughs> but your podcast is already popular. Yeah, but they don't see my face. You see this video? I just. You are officially my first video really uh, podcast episode. And I've been doing this for four years. Oh! Yeah. Oh, you can start and just put this up on YouTube. I am. I am. That's my point. But like I, four years ago when I launched this, I launched a audio only podcast for that exact reason. I wanted people to hear me, but I, I don't want to be popular. I'm just... But I think that this is a great stepping stone. And I tell people this all the time when they're trying to start on YouTube. I'm like, if you're not comfortable talking right to the camera, because that's that is a a learning. Intimidating. Yeah. Like start with doing voiceover content, which is kind of like podcasting, where it's like mostly you're using your voice and you're getting practice with that. And it's not a direct to the camera relationship. And then start graduating into you know, the sit down, talk to cameras, if that's your style or vlogging, like playing around with Instagram stories as vlogs and and then leading into YouTube vlogs, because it's, it's a little bit, I don't know, it it can be a bit intimidating, but I think if you take those steps, you know, you're going to be a little uncomfortable, but if you take those steps, like how you did, I think that that's a great course of action. Oh, well, we're going to see really shortly. I'm actually doing some filming today. So by the time you got, no, not by the time this episode drops, but catch me in a month, friends. I will have a YouTube channel. I am promising it to you. I have already scripted the things. The the things are happening, folks. The things are happening. Oh, Lord. Now you got to make yourself one of those good drinks to celebrate your launch. Several of them. Yes. (laughs) Like several good drinks to celebrate my launch. So one of your specialties as a content creator is digital storytelling. Can you tell us a little bit about what that means and some ways that we can implement digital storytelling in our brands? Yeah. So actually, when I started Aaron On Demand, it was like a video production company. And I was like, all these small businesses, particularly small black businesses that I just wanted to help, I'm like you guys aren't telling your story. Like you aren't telling any story, not even just your personal story, which you don't have to tell if you don't feel comfortable with that. But like, what is your business's journey's story? Or like, what type of story is your audience experiencing that you can kind of pull into your platform and make it more relatable? Like I was just like, we need more storytelling. So I started doing these things called commercials. There I coined that term. It was like social media commercials and I was like I was pitching to these different small businesses like I want to help you, you know, tell your story. And it's crazy how much just telling stories sticks with people, you know, and the and I actually read this book called Stories That Stick and I highly recommend it for anyone who for anyone, because storytelling is such a big part of every part of our lives. Like, I promise you, if someone leaves and listens, like finishes listening to this podcast, they might remember that, like, I was the girl who went to Howard and ended up at Nat Geo and then couldn't find a job. So I started a YouTube channel. Like, they might not remember anything else that we talk about. Hopefully they do. But like... <laughs> But they'll remember your backstory. When you uh, associate something with someone, usually it's some type of a story. So I just, I always, you know, recommend if you are, especially if you're an entrepreneur trying to build an audience, like you're going to have to open yourself up 
and like tell more stories and they can be small stories. They don't have to be big stories, but I like to just sprinkle them in so that my audience still gets a good fresh perspective of who I am. They feel like they're getting to know a little bit more about me or about my brand or why I started it. And, you know, a lot of, I feel like a lot of the internet is moving into teaching, teaching, teaching. Like I need to teach 10 tips of how to blah, 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 blah. (laughs) And it's like, that's cool. (laughs) But, you know, a lot of times I think we devalue how much value just us being ourselves is, you know? And what we've been through and how that can help somebody else. Yeah, and how that impacts people. And so that's why I I like to use storytelling. I mean, the digital part is just because it's on digital platforms, but, you know, just using storytelling in a simple way. Um, and even throughout your website, like the hero section, the about, like, the way that your website is kind of like formatted should also kind of feel like a story. And I read a book called Building Your Story Brand. I would also recommend that. So I like to read a lot of books on stories. And then even when I'm consuming like social media content or reading an article, it's like, wait, why did I finish this caption? Like, what was it about this caption that actually pulled me in to actually make me read the whole thing instead of, you know, continuing to scroll? Skimming through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like thinking about your own patterns when you hear a good story, like going back and be like, wait, what made that story good? Like, how can I take some of those principles and apply it to my captions or how I present on Instagram stories or how I format my blah, 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 you know? So storytelling is king in my, or queen or whatever you want to call it, in my opinion, because that's the thing that's going to stick to people and it's going to allow them to remember certain concepts that you may be able to fold within a story. So yeah, we got to figure out what our stories are, friends. Like none of us, yes, and everyone has one. Everyone like, has know. one. That's what I was going to say. Nobody doesn't have a story. Exactly. I think too, like I was, I have always kind of struggled with the fact that, or early on I was like, well, I don't have like a sob story, you know, like I don't have like, you know, some super dramatic sob woe is me yeah (laughs) yeah and and if that's like if if that's you and that's what you're comfortable sharing then cool but like for me I felt like so many motivational speakers are always like I I was broken they came from the gutter child crack addicted the whole thing (laughs) yeah and and it makes you feel as though like when you haven't gone through those things that you don't have a valuable story to share and that's not true so you know dig deep and like think about you know not just things that have happened to you but different mindset shifts you've maybe experienced or different you know triumphs or trials that you've encountered relationships and just kind of think about how you are who you are. And I think that's the root of where to start your journey. But even when I tell my story, like I don't really start with, I sometimes like depending on the question, like I'll tell my story from a slightly different way. Like, oh, did you know that in sixth grade, I tried out for casting calls and I actually wanted to be an actress and blah, blah, blah. And like 10 years later, I ended up getting a job there. Like, you know, I made like, change the story up depending on the platform or like the way it's presented. But the story is woven in there. Yeah. You don't have to tell the same story every time. You know, your, your life is just your story and you can 
share bits and pieces of it along the way. Let me go work on that because I know that that's something I can improve on. I'm going to make that my homework assignment for today is giving the people a little bit more of the full story in my content. Deal, deal, deal. Guys, when I have these experts on the show, it's to teach you guys and to learn from myself. Like I tell my followers all the time, I only have people on that I really want to learn from. And I think that is a major key to implement into our content. And it's a, uh, it just ties into what we were just speaking about, about that authenticity. Yeah. People feel that they can connect with you on a deeper level and they have some similarities with you. It really drives your point home. It can drive sales for you. It can drive lots of good things. Yeah. Tap into those stories. Don't be afraid to share. Uh, so you've worked with some massive brands, like the biggest brands in the game, the Office Depots, the BETs, the Targets. What is the secret sauce to getting these massive brand deals? I think the secret sauce is what we've been talking about this whole time. It's just like they are they are like whenever I have a call with a brand, I'm always like, why did you pick me? Because not just like for my own, you know, whatever. I want to know, like, what made me stand out from the hundreds of thousands, millions. millions of other influencers in the world? picked you know and they always usually say we just love your authenticity we just love how you share with your audience how you teach in a way that is just true to who you are and it's always it always ends up boiling down to like me as a person and then also like a lot of times these brands are working through similar like talent agencies or public relations agencies. So like, they'll be like, Oh, we just, they, they loved working with you. Like you were easy to work with. You were, you know, a beat, your content turned out great. So that also doors a professional yeah, for other opportunities. So a lot of times the secret is like wearing who I am on my sleeve. Like I'm proud to be black. I'm proud to be Christian. I'm proud to be, you know, an HBCU graduate, like, and a lot of those, come from, all the things, all the things. Yeah. And a lot of those things have come from me sharing those things about myself. And they're like, oh, wait, Aaron graduated from HBCU. We got a campaign going on for blah, 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 blah. Like, let's bring her into that, you know? So that's usually how they happen is they've seen a piece of content that resonates with their brand or Sometimes it's like if I'm showcasing something that I love off like, I don't know, a candle or whatever, or like a a calendar on my wall. And I'm like, oh, my God, I love this calendar. Like they can see how I position products in my content as well. So they're like, oh, she can she can actually make something seem appealing. So that's also Mm -hmm. seamlessly. It's not so forced. Yeah. Exactly. So also how you can like sell something in your content makes a difference too. when they feel as though like you're convincible, you know, like you can convince people to actually buy something. So (laughs) all those things put together. You see how it's all tying together, my friends. Authenticity, starting where you are with what you have, telling your story, sharing those tidbits about you, Aaron packaged all that together. Put it out there in the real world in real time, not when it was perfect and a billion dollars and polished. And giant, massive brands have paid her to continue to do that. Like, it's not going to work for you guys if you're never telling your story. It's not going to work for you if you're faking it until you make it. Be authentic and it will double back 
tenfold. Yeah. And the thing is, is like whenever I am, whenever brands are reaching out or even before brands started reaching out, I never was like, I never started my channel with the intention of having brand deals. Like that was, it kind of caught me off guard, honestly. Like when they first started rolling in to the point where I was getting a lot of inquiries and I just was ignoring them because I just didn't know what to do. I was like, I don't know what to say back. I don't know what to do. I was just, oh, (laughs) I was so lost. Like I had one deal come in and I was like, okay, like I'm going to actually take this one. And I didn't realize how much back and forth, how much goes into work it is going like brand deals. And then I ended up talking, I had a strategy call with a big influencer and I was like, she booked a call with me to like help her build her brand. And I'm like, dude, you have like a million uh, YouTube followers. Like I should be booking the call with you, not the other way around. I know. So then then the strategy call ended up her being like, girl, you need to hire a manager. Like you are leaving way too much money on the table. On the table. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up that next week, I ended up finding a manager who has been on my team ever since. And it has been incredible to just, even with brand deals, like, because I'm like, I don't want to, I don't live off my brand deals. I take brand deals because I want, I love the brand and I want to take the deal. And so even that aspect of it, it has to feel authentic to who you are, because when you've built up this audience, I was on top of the fact that like, I didn't know what I was doing with brand deals. I was so like precious to my audience. I did not want them to feel as though I was trying to sell them all this stuff. And I still don't like feeling like that. And so I'm like, my page is not going to become an advertising advertisement for all these other businesses. I'm selling myself, my business, and I'm building a community so that I can help other women who are like me or people in general who are like me and who want to build the life that they deserve. And so that even with selecting brand deals, I am so selective. And and because of that, we charge more because it's like, well, I, don't, I know that's right. I don't take that many. So, you know, this is I know. Hello. We are working smarter and not harder instead of you guys having to work with uh, Tom, Dick, Harry, Jane and Joe. If you just streamline and work with brands and partnerships that makes sense for your audience, makes sense for you as a brand, you can raise the price. Like, I'm here for that. It's less work for you, okay? Everybody wins. Your audience continues to trust you because you're not recommending every single thing under the sun. So I love that completely. I'm all about the work smarter, not harder. And that's really like what my creator to CEO course is all about, honestly. Like, and and that's- Oh, baby, we're gonna get all into that. I'm very excited about that. Oh, no, don't you worry. (laughs) Don't you worry. We are going to get all into that. And just audience, I want you to also hear what Aaron said about not living off brand deals. It's perfectly, you know, okay if you, if that's your lane. But just because you are a creator, brand deals are not the only way to monetize. You guys can still be pulling in money left, right, and center. Do not sleep on other streams of income as a creator. Uh, Before we get into creator to CEO, as a million dollar entrepreneur, I know you've got some money moves for us. So tell me, Erin, what is the get rich tip of the week? My tip is to develop 
and strengthen one stream before you begin the next. I come on, somebody. <laughs> but no, take it, take it from the top. Rewind. Tell them one more time. Build and strengthen one stream before you start building the next. Because if you spread yourself too thin and you got seven different streams of income because that's what the millionaires have (laughs) and you have seven streams and then hello they drip dropping and not streaming and flowing you know then that's where you feel like your energy and efforts are being spread so thin and the results aren't pouring in because you are trying to and you're burned out yeah, you're trying to to build on too many different things. So I always recommend like start with the thing that's going to grow the fastest. Like put the energy into the thing that has the most potential to grow and open up some of the other doors. Like I didn't start, you know, I didn't start with all these streams that I have now. It was like one after like one built upon the next which built upon the next. And that is that is like the growth process and I just, I can't imagine having started my business with all of the sectors that I have in it now at the beginning. Like, I wouldn't even know how to manage all of this. There's no way. Yeah, there's just no way. So start with one, grow that, and then move into the next. I think that two steady streams of income are better than 10 drip drop streams of income. So yes, I could not agree more. Honey, people ask me this all the time in my business coaching space. Well, how can I make more money doing this, this, that, and the third? And I'm like, okay, well, how much money is the first thing making? The first thing doing. Because it's not a stream. It's a mist. It's just a sprinkle. And that's not going to cut it. Folks, make your uh, primary brand a roaring river first. Like, get all of the coins out of it. You can set it up to where you're making passive income to where things are automated for you first and then dive into avenue number two, three, four, five, and six. It makes absolutely no sense for you guys to be a hairstylist and then think you need to go launch a trucking company and an Airbnb and a YouTube channel. Like maybe we haven't grabbed all the money from the first thing. Yeah. Monetize that in multiple ways first, turn it into a roaring river and then dip into those streams. That is a great get rich tip. I couldn't agree more. Let the church say amen. Cause child, they be wanting 18 streams and the first one's not streaming and the math is not mathing. It's not mathing. It's just not. (laughs) It couldn't. (laughs) Uh, You've got something really special dropping this month. Yes. Tell me everything about creators to CEO. And before you tell me, please tell me I can get a creator sweatshirt in my signature blue. Who do I have to call? <laughs> Girl. Because oh. the creator sweatshirt is booming, but I just needed an abstin blue. I know. It's crazy. I'm almost like, I think that's going to be like the thing that honestly takes off because the merch. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone wants the merch. <laughs> the merch is yep. the thing that everyone wants. That's what happened with Get Rich or Get Drunk Trying. The merch went crazy. Wow, that's amazing. Before the podcast even did. So yes, stay in that lane. Stay in that lane. Yes. So basically, I'm launching my creator to CEO uh, course. And it is really for content creators who are ready to like go full time and you want to use your content as the foundation of your business, but you don't really know the direction to take. 
Or maybe you've started a business and you're in those beginning phases and you feel like you're a bit overwhelmed. You need to fill in those holes. I know for me, when I was starting Aaron On Demand, I'm like, well, what type of contracts do I need? Like, what type of, do I need to trademark? Do I need to, like, what legal things do I need to do? How do I get organized? How do I create systems? How do I implement automations? How do I take one idea and turn it into an actual offer? How do I scale? How do I make my first hire? Like, who should be my first hire? Like, all these questions that I had. And I feel like now the business world is changing because content creation is like, it's the thing now. Yeah. And I really wanted to create a course that was specific to content creators where I understand that, child, we got a whole bunch of ideas. We a little bit scatterbrained. We a little bit unorganized, typically. Raising my hand, y'all. If you can't see me, I am raising my hand because she is talking like at me next time, Erin. Yes, I'm scatterbrained. Yes. Like, why did why did God put 24 hours in a day and give me 800 business ideas? How? I know. It's crazy. And so I'm really trying to like talk to that person in this course. We are talking to that person in this course. And it's just so full of so much. And I am extremely tired and exhausted from it. But yep. mm-hmm. it has been a labor of love, honestly. And I brought also some of my favorite people who have helped me build Aaron On Demand to what it is now. Because I'm like, I didn't do all this by myself. Like, I know that I'm not the expert in everything. And so we have like some of my favorite people in the world in this in this um, course who are like my attorney, my bookkeeper slash financial manager, copywriter, course creator slash, you know, sales page course, website creator. Like we have so many cool featured um, people in here who have helped me be who I am and grow to what I, what I have grown to. And um, I just, I, I, I couldn't do this by myself. So I'm excited for the course to launch. It's going to launch net. Well, at the end of February, um, and we're doing actually an audit series before that, and I'm just going to be auditing people's Instagrams, websites, YouTube channels, and just giving my own feedback. I think that now people just need to like know directly, like what can I do differently? And sometimes when we're taught in in a way where it's just like all these strategies, you're kind of just like get lost in them. So overwhelmed, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. And then the course is going to have a live component too. So we'll do question and answers. If you purchase the course, you'll get access to our community. And and it's just, it's a really cool interactive course. It sounds fantastic. It sounds like something I myself need as a professional content creator because you're 100% right. Like our business models are so new. Exactly. That there there's nowhere else to go. There, This information really doesn't exist and it's definitely not put together by anybody that looks like us. So I think what you're doing is really important and really innovative and like the people need to tap in because creating content, which this is what's crazy y'all for those of you who don't create content, the content creation be the easy part. It's all the 5 million other things that you have to put in place to go from, like Aaron said, content creator to CEO, because we don't want to own a job. You don't want to be so busy working in your business that you don't have time to work in your business and you're burnt out and you're stressed out. And this stuff can be lonely. Entrepreneurship can be incredibly lonely in 2022 when you're just talking to a camera a lot. So I think it's important to have this community space. 
Yeah. And I forgot to mention that there's a whole module in there on brand deals and like partnerships and all of that, like the ins and outs of how that works. Ooh, so we can get these target coins. So yeah. <laughs> Yes. So yeah, I think that that's just exactly it. Like I went through that transition and I'm still going through that transition. I think that that entrepreneur or CEO or whatever you want to call it, business owner, founder, hat, it is, it's, it's there forever. And it's like you're constantly growing. Even once, even when you make your first hire, making having five people on your team is different than having one. So now you have to learn through that, and and it's constantly a learning experience. And that's that's what I'm also transparent about in the course. Is like this is not a course that's gonna tell you every single thing that you need to do. It's not possible. It, it's not possible because so much of it is also going to be your own experience and how you lead as an entrepreneur. And so, yeah, I'm really excited for it to bless so many people because, you know, what I have, what I have experienced in my journey, I just feel like anybody can do what I've done, you know, like in the way that I've done it, they just need strategy, but you can do it. You can create content and make hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars being a content creator. And it's really just a matter of having some strategies and then not being afraid to sprinkle your own secret sauce upon it. So I love it. Well, guys, you are going to get all the details on creator to CEO down in the show notes. You know, I got you currently. I believe there's a wait list, but maybe by the time this episode drops, it might even be open. So if I were you, I would get busy in them show notes yes, and click that link because this is going to be the play that you need. Trust and believe it's, it's very difficult to launch this massive business. And you're going to get some guidance from someone who looks like you, who has been there, who is there and is teaching you along the way. Yeah. I was just going to mention that if you are in the first crew. I'm not saying the number, but if you're in the first group of people and have the early bird access, the early bird access is 1500 And once the early birds are done, the course is a $2,000 investment, but early birds, the early birds get a box and it's full of my favorite entrepreneur goodies. Oh, that's massive. And it is the cutest box ever. And it has some bomb stuff in it. So you will get the discount plus you'll get the course box if you're in the first. Oh, baby. I think the, the streets need to tap in. Like, well, let's go ahead and put my name on the list. Yes. Because I want the box. I want the sweatshirt. I want to be in the class. <laughs> you want it all, girl. Yeah, I want you. Well, yeah, I, I want all the things. That is correct. That's who I am. That's how we get down. Uh, lastly, I need a get rich read. From you. You gave us two incredible books, which will be linked in the show notes, guys. But is there a third? But you jumped the gun. Is there another book that you would recommend that the people read, whether it be on content creation, on being a badass magical boss? What give, give me something to add to my list? Okay. I have been going ham with this book and like recommending it to everyone I know. Oh, I'm ready. This- 12 week year. I've heard of this. Oh my God. It is incredible. Dang. It has completely changed the way that I have conceptualized time. And to me, the root is not that you don't know how 
to like it's not that you don't know what to do it's that you're not executing on what you know that you need to be doing and that's most people's problem child execution is usually the weak spot and so this is like this book is basically like teaches you how to have a sense of Okay, like basically the premise is that like the last quarter of the year, Q4, is typically when like a lot of businesses make the most money. There's the most sense of urgency. There's the most productivity in that quarter because you're trying to hit numbers. And so he basically breaks down how to apply that same sentiment through each quarter of the year. And basically your whole like your quarter is a year an entire year mm. yeah, yeah so you're treating the 12 weeks like the 12 months so one week represents one month in the 12 week year and it's just really like it's just incredible so what i'm hearing is i could quadruple my salary basically that's what you're hearing that because that's all what i'm catching is that i can make four times the money yes i mean honestly so much is buried in our inefficiency like so much money is buried in our lack of efficiency and so i'm raising my hand y'all it's me (laughs) (laughs) yeah and that's me too and that's why i read the book because i'm like okay girl like get together so we got to get it together yeah and so i would recommend my whole uh, membership club read it and they like loved it i think it was probably one in our top two books my other top is atomic habits which i know a lot of people already have known love that love atomic habits that's the only reason I go to the gym because I learned atomic habits. Yeah. <laughs> See, and that's crazy. It wasn't about you reading a workout book or anything like that. It was like the habit building and those time management, those softer skills that are actually like the hard skills to master. So, yep. Amen to atomic habits, guys. I will link that for you in the show notes. Aaron, I knew you would be just delicious. I knew you were going to teach us. Oh, thank you, Asia. So many things and look cute doing it. Like, I have to put some makeup on. That's why I messaged you this morning. Like, wait a minute, is this video or what? Because I am not. Trust me, I just graduated to it. I'm used to showing up looking like who done it and what for because this is not going anywhere. But I said that 2022, I was going to YouTube. And here we are, like, look at me doing the things I said I was going to do. Yes, wishing you all the best. Let me know if you need anything or have any questions. And I'm oh, I will appreciative. Okay, of you having me on your podcast, and I hope that all of your listeners got something good out of it. Oh, I know that they did. You guys, all Aaron's contact info, creator to CEO, all her book recommendations will be in the show notes. I appreciate you, Aaron. I appreciate you, hotties, and I will see you all next week. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you've learned something amazing, let's continue the conversation. Follow me on Instagram at get rich or get drunk trying and tell me what you took from today's show. Then tap in at get rich or get drunk trying.com to get all the details and links from today's episode. I cannot wait to get rich with you next time. Until then, peace.